Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, Frank LaRosa, and I am joined today by two special guests. Today, I'm really going to talk about a hot topic, and that is Stiefel Financial Advisor Independent Channel. So many of you know Stiefel rolled out an independent channel a year ago, and I have the two gentlemen that have been tasked to build this monster out. I'm glad to have them on the call right now. So let me introduce Alex David, who's a PhD, and he's the CEO of the Stiefel Independent Advisor Channel, and Tim Brustrom, who is the Director of Business Development. So gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Thank Frank. you, Frank. Appreciate it. Awesome. So the reason why I'm excited, for those of that you're listening, you may hear in my voice, I'm generally a little more low-key, but I'm excited because we've already had some experience with some of our clients in showing them this model. And I've been really happy with the response and the excitement. And so it allows us to give our clients yet another option for independence. And for those of you that may not know this or have never looked at Stiefel before, it's always had this feel of a sort of small regional firm that felt like independence, a lot of flexibility, even if you're a W-2 advisor. But I think they're being really smart and sort of going where the puck is by bringing out this independent model. So before we get into sort of the whys and the mechanics of all that, maybe Alex and Tim, if you just want to give my listeners a little bit of background, sort of where you came from, they may have heard your names, but I think you have a unique background individually, but also because you've all worked together for quite a long time. So Alex, why don't you start? Yeah, I can kick it off again, the present being here. So I was a financial advisor many years ago, and then I actually was on the inside desk at a wealth management firm, trading desk, and then I was a wholesaler and many of the usual suspects. And so I had an opportunity, Frank, to call on the typical wirehouse firms, Merrill Morgan, UBS at that point, uh, Smith, Barney, so on and so forth. And I really got to know a lot of these firms literally inside and out, being in their back office, working with their advisors, being in all the branches all around the country. It was a great experience. Fast forward, I had an opportunity to then move over to what was called at the time Wachovia Securities as one of the divisionals on the independent channel, Finet. And truly had a wonderful time working with many of the folks. Some of them are still there. And I did that for maybe 14, 15 years or so. Eventually became the number two there and probably wind up, I don't know, affiliating with personally helping maybe seven or 800 financial advisors eventually go independent. What a fantastic, phenomenal experience I had. And then about a year ago or so, Ron Kachevsky, our chairman and CEO, called me up and we started having conversations over a period of months and said, hey, Alex, we have this fantastic independent arm, believe it or not, Frank, that's been around for 30 years already. It was called Century Securities. We just kind of looked at it as a kind of like a retirement vehicle, if you will, for our W-2 kind of PCG advisors. We'd like you to come and grow it because as you said, Frank, we see where the puck's going. Why don't you come and grow it? And that's what I've done. And I brought Tim along. I brought a number of staffers along and we are having a ball. Awesome. Tim, how about you? 
I'm originally from Chicago and I graduated from college was a financial advisor right out of the gate. And I always tell successful advisors that I've talked to, I wasn't a successful financial advisor. I was independent, tried to build a book of business. It just wasn't something I did well. And so I have a lot of respect for FAs. Alex and I both do since we were advisors. But after that, I joined A.G. Edwards in 2003 here in St. Louis. And I stayed with A.G. Edwards all the way until this move to Steve Independent Advisors last summer. And so I went through the Wachovia and Wells Fargo mergers in a number of different roles from product and sales support type roles, all the way to when Alex and I joined Finet around, we joined about the same time. You were just a little bit before me. In 2010, I joined Finet in a recruiting role, and I've been recruiting in the independent space ever since those last 12 years. And so whether that was running a region or whether it was director of national recruiting with Alex or running territories, managing a recruiting team, always been involved in talking to financial advisors and helping to coach them about their next move, about going independent. And so doing this is a natural thing for us is to actually, we feel like this is our firm. We own this independent firm and we're able to mold it the way we want. It's like a 30-year startup that we got to just take over and create. And all the things that we learned not to do and to do, we're able to put into this. It's just been a ball the whole time. Awesome. I was actually going to be one of my first questions about ownership. It's like buying a house that you're going to redo. It's got good bone. It's got a good foundation and all that. You're going to come in, you're going to make it look great. So maybe Alex, I'll go to you on this first question. You had a really great career at Wells. You did a lot of great things. You helped a lot of advisors and Ron sort of took a while for you to go over there. But really, what were the one or two things that really attracted you to this? Because it's essentially like, hey, come on over. It's the, the small little firm. Like you said, it's sort of like our retirement pasture for advisors. I would imagine it's going to be a tough lift and it's going to be a little bit of a cultural, not cultural change completely because of the existing culture at Stiefel was already really good. But you had to look at it and say, okay, what's the risk? What really attracted you to take that risk? Because it's a risk from where you were coming from. At the end of the day, the thing that I look at is, so Ron Koscheski, our chairman and CEO, wonderful friend, great partner, and he's an outstanding business person. He's run the company. We've had 25 years of record earnings. That's a pretty cool thing. And since he's had the stock, it's been up 4,000%. So the number one thing that attracted me was the ability to work with someone who was a very good business person and who was an entrepreneur himself. He looked at himself as an entrepreneur. And that's why kind of like the blood and the bones of Steeple, the entire firm, is one of being an entrepreneur. One thing that's interesting, Frank, is the fact that, so we are an investment bank and a wealth management firm, been around since 1890. But more than 60% of our revenues, this is big steeple, come from the wealth management area. And so the thing that's always attracted me is a firm whereby advisors feel that they are the center of the universe. Now, I'm trying not to get their heads swell too much, but it's kind of a big deal where it's like our resources, our processes, just the way we do things, put the advisors first and foremost. So that was probably the number one thing that attracted me. So it was Ron, it was being an entrepreneur. And then clearly the fact that it had an independent arm and it was not owned by another kind of like large institution or large bank. We own a bank. It changes the entire way we do things. That's kind of what attracted me. That's really good. So that's what attracted you. I'll play a little tennis and I'll throw it over to Tim. 
when you take that and you look at the core culture of the firm, and you can both go back and forth on this. With that said, where do you see the Stiefel independent model going? So what's the long-term vision? I always say to our clients, what do you want to be when you grow up? No matter how big a producer you are, 10 million bucks, I say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Maybe it's a $20 million producer, maybe whatever, it's a 10, but you're working three days a week and fishing the rest of the day. I don't know. So I'll ask you the same question, Tim. When you look at the Stiefel independent model, what do you all want to be when you grow up? What do you want that to look like? Yeah, that's a great question. So I've always said that advisors either have a vision for what they want to create or they are looking for a vision. And either one of those is fine. If they see a vision out that they say, hey, that's what I want, then they'll go, maybe they're a W-2 advisor that joins something that's created. Like our Steeple W-2 side is an incredible company. And so to join that vision is wonderful. Others say, hey, I like that core vision, but I have my own thing I want to build. I have this brand identity I want to have, and I want to recruit advisors, and I want to buy books of business. So if they created a vision in their mind and we can help them get there, that's what we want. So when you look at the independent BD space, Frank, there's a ton of good options out there, and everyone's got their own niche. What we found is the best financial advisors that we've worked with over our whole careers, and Alex and I have been lucky enough where our entire professional careers, we've worked with financial advisors. So as we get to know them, we found one big commonality, which is they are all trying to segment their book and get it to a certain fit where the advisors and the clients fit their personalities, their investment styles, how they interact from a service model standpoint. And then in addition, they're trying to find the ones that are profitable as well. So when we built this, we thought, why wouldn't we just do the same thing? Why wouldn't we try to find advisors that we love doing business with that are a fit for our personalities and what we're trying to create, which is a partnership where they have access to us and access to everything here at Stiefel and keep that at the core. So they can always call Alex. They can always call me or anyone on the executive team have access to us and help us to learn how they want to grow and then build a plan around that growth. So you can do that when you have a few hundred households as a financial advisor that you just run a couple hundred households and you're running $8 million in revenue, a billion, two billion in assets. But it's a lot harder if you have thousands and thousands and thousands of households. And so we found that with our counterparts in the NDBD space, that that connection and access to leadership and decision makers is harder as they get bigger. So we just want to keep it boutique. We want to have the elite wealth management, independent BD on the street, keep it boutique and just work with the people we want to work with. And if we do that well, then we feel we're going to be very successful. We have no desire to be a 19,000 FA independent shop. You'll never see us in that realm. I wrote indie everywhere, question mark. (laughs) Meaning, are you the, hey, if you're, and there's nothing wrong with somebody doing 200,000 or $300,000, especially when you're independent, you can make a good living doing that. That's a good business. As a matter of fact, that's probably close to the average producer of an independent advisor. But are you going to have minimums? Are you looking for certain marketplaces and you're going to tack into those? And maybe this is sort of a leading question in terms of how you plan to add value to the larger ensemble businesses, but are there minimums? Are you looking for Indy anywhere? Guys doing 300,000, come on board, the water's warm, or is there something a little bit different there? Yeah, I'll jump in and Alex may want to throw in a thought on that, but we have a concept, just we're just calling flagship offices. So we want to have flagship offices around the country. We think that that probably means one or two really quality practices in each major metro area that want to grow. And when you talk to a big practice in terms of assets and success, they already know how to grow organically. That's how they got them. So we're not going to come in and tell them how to grow organically. Our job is to just make the path easier for them. Most advisors today say it's just hard to do business at my current firm. Well, if we can clear the path, and Stiefel has already done that, they make it easy to do business here. 
So if we can continue to clear the path on the independent side and they just grow organically, then our job is to do that and help them grow inorganically. So we help them recruit into those flagship offices. We help them buy books of business. We help them open a second or a third location if they want to. So it's about building a customized business plan for each individual practice, each flagship around the country to help them grow the way they want to grow. Because some don't want to recruit. We'll bring in someone that they, they only want to grow organically and they just want us to clear the path for them. That's fine. And production-wise, we don't have minimums or maximums. We're just looking for the right people. What tends to come our way are folks that already had some level of success. So we're seeing more productive practices. We absolutely are still a fit for smaller advisors that may want to join one of those offices. And in some markets, a quote-unquote smaller practice is a big market. It was a big practice in a small town. So it really just depends on the individual client. Again, just like financial advisors, they might have a game plan of who they're going to work with, but they tend to pick the people by the person, not by the profile. When you talk about supporting these teams, they're generally going to be larger teams. So they sort of know what they're doing already, but they need that added value. They needed, there are still some out there, but almost like a good corner man. I'm a boxer. So a good corner man or a good trainer in our world, it's a good branch manager back in the day. Someone can really add value to the business. That's how you guys are doing it. But when you look at the support team around it, and this is something that probably my listeners are thinking, and I know that because some of the clients we've introduced have asked, hey, it's a new business. Even though the business has been around, it's for smaller producers, we're coming on board. How are we going to be supported operationally, recruiting-wise? Is it going to be the Stiefel folks that are already there supporting the retail branch? Give me some color on what that might look like and what they can expect. We look at it kind of in phases, if you will, Frank. So the first phase is, okay, so Tim's recruiting team, they're really good at what they do. And they really do work with folks like you and your team, and they take a consultative approach. And so the first piece is, okay, we now believe that we are a good fit. And so now you're in, quote unquote, transition. So we're now helping you start your own company, if you will. So that means finding space and furniture and telephone systems and technology and perhaps even staffing. And so many of these advisors, they say, hey, I think I have the ability to do that. I just never done it before. I've never looked at a corporate lease. So we've established a really great program where we have an outside third-party business partner, which we've been working with this partner at our previous firm for more than a decade. These guys are just awesome. And so literally, they go in, they kind of send their SWAT team to help them find pictures and carpet and really negotiate the lease, work with attorneys and accountants. And so all the things to help you stand up a company, we have that. And then we have this really neat system where we have folks who are in steeple independent advisors a part of our transition team, they will then help them move their book. And so we rely on our back office from Big Steeple, as well as Steeple Independent Advisors, and they combine with this outside partner. And believe it or not, Frank, it becomes a very seamless process because you start thinking, man, there's a lot of moving parts here. But the folks that we have on board have been probably doing this like 20 years. So these aren't, and there's nothing wrong with this. We all started from college, but these aren't folks that just graduated with their bachelor's. This is their first job. No, these are established, tenured professionals that have been helping advisors move their books of business 
for like 20 or 30 years. And so we've got like the elite, if you will, to help the elite move their books of business. Pun intended or no pun intended. Yeah, no pun intended, exactly. (laughs) I'm always marketing. I think what you're saying is that the team that you're working with, it's just not their first rodeo. Correct. And they've done this before where you were before. They know how to do it. We all know for many advisors, if you're listening, when you go independent, it's your first time doing it. But for this other team and Tim and Alex and myself, it's not our first time helping Correct. somebody go independent. So it's for us, it's every day finding a lease and negotiating that stuff and whatever it is, all those different things. It's second nature to us. So I think the message there is trust the process, trust that you're in good hands. On top of that, Frank, so we don't think that every branch, every office, every practice needs to have supervision on site. Like some firms need to have the 24 on site. We've been able to outsource that where we have it centralized. And so we can do that for you at St. Louis if you want. We also found that some practices need additional sales support. So we built out a model that allows for remote sales support if they need that for a period of time or a longer period of time. And it can be something as simple as a sole practitioner who wants to go with his staff on a vacation for two weeks, like a company retreat, but who runs the store while they're gone? Well, we can. We can do everything from St. Louis for them, for their clients. So having sales support, having supervision support, and then all the other services that you'd want as an advisor, like relationship management and recruiting support and on and on and on. So we have all of that. And then we're staffing up in advance of growth. Oftentimes, Alex and I, and I'm sure you've dealt with this, Frank, will sit down with an advisor and they'll say, hey, at my current firm, I'm in a branch environment, I'm an employee. And my branch manager won't allow me to have more staff, even if I pay for it myself, because they say I'm not doing enough production. That's okay because that's the company's decision. You're working for someone that's saying this is the economic model that makes sense for us as a company. Well, when you run your own company, you can make that decision. And so we, as since we're running this firm, we said, let's staff up in advance, just like we know our advisors would want to do. So we're ready for the growth that is happening right now. And we're going to continue to stay ahead of that so the service model stays at the top. All we do is hire for attitude. I know that's like old saying, but we really do. We're not looking at experience as much as we're looking at a service attitude. And that's all we hire here. And then we're going to teach them what we need to teach them as we go. Can you talk a little bit about, maybe just get into practice management. And the reason I'm asking that question is because, Tim, you were in our office a couple of months ago, I guess it was. And you really impressed me. That was the first time we met. When you walked out, I went, man, that's a good guy. And if he can talk and he can do those things for our clients, this is going to go over really well. So you talked about specifically sort of your, how you help practices grow. So can you talk about, because that's, again, advisors coming over to the $3 million business, they're already doing well. You have to be accretive. Your service has to be accretive to them. And they can go to any other model and go with it, different independent firms. But what is going to make their practice grow faster? What are you going to do that's going to add value to what they're trying to do? What do they want to be when they grow up? They want to triple their business. They want to recruit. How are you guys setting the business up to specifically address those issues? There's a couple of different things. The biggest thing is that advisors go to firms, independent firms that all have good intentions. All the independent firms are good options. The ones that are out there, they all have a niche and they all want to help their advisors grow. The challenge is the way they're structured sometimes makes it more difficult and more challenging. And so here, if we keep this tight, if we can keep this structure where we're going to be working with each individual practice one-on-one, then we can create a bespoke plan for each individual practice. So if it's the Frank LaRosa investment firm and you have three people on your team, we can come to you and stay with your three people. What do you want this to look like? Why? 
And most times you don't know the answer of why. You might just want to grow and the growth is just because you're competitive. Okay, great. Well, how do you want to grow? Do you want to make more money? And I always tell advisors, be selfish. I'm not looking for some altruistic answer. I'm like, really, what are you trying to do? And if they say, I just want to make more money, then we're going to try to help them figure out ways to do it ethically and to do it in a fun way that fits their personality. So they might've been banging their head against the wall trying to add that next account, when in reality, it'd be more fun for them to recruit other advisors. They find that enjoyable. So we build a plan to help them recruit. And we're very good at it. We can absolutely show them how to do it and enjoy it. Or they might want to buy a book of business and we can show them how to do that. And we work hand in hand with them to build a plan for sourcing opportunities, pitching those opportunities, building out their firm so that it's ready. We find that a lot of advisors say, I'm ready to recruit. And they literally don't have a place for them to sit. What are they selling? Like, hey, you're going to be in my office, but my office is full. So we're teaching them like the whole concept of what does it look like to recruit and buy books? Again, they know how to grow organically. We're going to add touches to that. We're going to clear the path to make it easy. And we have incredible marketing. So they can get access to marketing support that will help them grow organically even faster than they're growing now. But beyond that, now as an independent, you own a business. You don't just have to be a financial advisor in that lane and just try to grow that. You could grow in other ways, buying a building, recruiting advisors, et cetera. So we really build this really cool bespoke plan with each individual person that we can execute on because we have the intention to do it versus just the, hey, we'd like to if we have time, where frankly, a lot of our counterparts are struggling because they just don't have the time. They want to help them grow, but they just don't have the time. All right. Here's the 800 number. I'll add one, and Tim's very humble about this, but one of the number one reasons why I asked him to join me is because at our previous firm, Tim created this entire program, which was phenomenally successful over there, and we're reinstituting that over here. And so here's a shameless plug, and this is a challenge. If any of your listeners were to call any of the folks at our previous firm and say, Hey, tell me about Tim Bosham, I guarantee you they'll say, that's the guy that helped me grow significantly. Hey, I started and it was just two of us. Now we have 16 advisors in our practice. I mean, it is a bit of a phenomenon to see that. And I bought the architect behind that here to kind of build that out the same way. The humility of this though, guys, is it really is about the advisor. The advisor is selling themselves and their opportunity. Our job is just to help them frame it. We're just like dressing them up a little bit helping them really see what it is they're offering. And when you spend time with like good, good people, our advisors are great people in this industry. If we just help them just get ready for their date and we can help them have a little more success with it. And I think in the past, they just didn't know what to do. Humbly, it's just us tweaking things a little bit, giving them some advice and then helping them execute. I think what it is, is it's like a good therapist, a good psychologist. You know how to ask the questions to elicit the answers for them to get the answers themselves. They have it in there. They just don't know how to articulate it out and then execute it. And so you're really good at doing that because you've done it before. And Alex, to your point, Tim is, I think, being humble because when he was in my office, I was like, it takes a lot to wow me. I was like, wow, (laughs) this guy was great. Like, that was great. I want to go do it. And so I come coach us now. That's really great. So Alex, just one question for you. So you mentioned your previous firm, which was a large wirehouse firm, as you know, Wachovia, Finet. So we can talk about the name. We're not throwing them on the bus or anything like that. Absolutely. It's all good. Like I said, finance served a purpose for a lot of financial advisors that are independent advisors now. It gave them a great bridge to independence when there wasn't a lot of that around. So I give them a lot of credit for that. At the same time, 
we talk to a lot of frustrated Wells Fargo finance advisors for lots of different reasons. I'm not going to get into them, but they're generally frustrated from some things that they feel like they're independent, but maybe sometimes they don't feel like they're independent or they feel like they're being treated or the compliance oversight is sort of like W-2. My question to you is, in coming over to Stiefel, you must have had some concern that you wanted to address. Like, hey, how do we prevent that from happening here? It's just the nature of our world where compliance people, we're salespeople. That's how we are. If we were compliance people, we'd be in compliance right now. (laughs) There must have been a concern. What are the things that you're trying to get ahead of to make sure that you avoid some of those issues. You're always going to have compliance and that's there to save people's practices. But sometimes a firm can go too far on the pendulum. I think you're right. I think, again, lots of well-meaning firms, but unfortunately, whether it's of their own fault or perhaps their partners or the parent company, you have this overhang of compliance and supervision that is just way over the top. And it really begins to push advisors out of the door as we've notice. And so one of the first things that I did, Frank, was I reorganized our entire company here at Seafoam Independent Advisors. I probably did that within three months or so. And so the first thing is I said, I want to make sure that although we have a fabulous head of supervision and that team, but I did want to make sure that the touch, the bedside manner, if you will, because they're only there to help, but helping can come with a hammer. Or it can come with just a caution, hey, you may want to do it this way versus that way. I made sure that our entire supervision team reports up into Tim. So think about that concept. So Tim really would probably describe himself as a growth guy. I have the head of supervision and compliance reporting into Tim Boucher, my growth guy. So that in itself gives you some sense of, okay, we're kind of reframing the manner in which we engage our owners because, again, we're only trying to help them. But it has to be in a way that is supportive. It's like, hey, we're on your team. The second thing which has already existed was the fact that we have our own chief compliance officer that report to me and our compliance and some of the rules, regs, policies are literally different than what we have in our Nicholas channel. They're both trying to stay out of the crosses of FINRA and the SEC, and it's certainly trying to help our advisors. But at the end of the day, the autonomy to make decisions on behalf of our independent advisors is really critical. So those were the two things that I made sure that I did to make sure that years down the line, we don't get into a place where we have the firm telling the business what to do. At the end of every single call, We get good guidance from our legal team. We get great guidance from our compliance and our supervision. And then they literally say to Tim and I, this has happened countless times, but this is our guidance. This is our advice. It's up to the business. I haven't heard that for years and it's very refreshing. I agree with all that. Stiefel, again, is a independent broker dealer, a Stiefel independent advisor. Stiefel Nicholas is a broker dealer first. Wealth management, the revenue, Alex talked about 60 plus percent of the revenue coming from financial advice, from wealth management. That is going to drive your culture. So we have an FA first culture here. Everything supports the advisor. Everything's geared towards the advisor so they can serve their clients. I think all the firms we started at, I think AG Edwards for me, others that may say, hey, I started at Smith Barney or EF Putner, whatever their firm was that they just pined for back in the old days, those firms were just like this. 
They were FA first firms and everyone loved it because these FAs that brought the revenue in were the ones that helped drive the decisioning around processes and paperwork and staffing and all that. Well, over time, the financial crisis probably being the biggest thing flipped all that where it's not now the FA's revenue that drives the most of the revenue at these big firms. It's a bank. And so the bank, the cash, the lending, the things that drive the revenue for the banks are what's important for those businesses. So advisors, I kind of find it funny that advisors are so confused by the fact that, hey, why am I not as important at my firm? Why don't I feel as important? Because you're not as important. <laughs> it's not, it's fine. You know, it's fine, fine money. Yeah. So if you follow the money, that's where you're going to run to here. It's for 130 years, the advisor has been king and they continue to be served the way these people remember back at the firms we all started with. So it's not a tough ask for Alex and I to come in and make sure the independent firm is going to have that feel because it's part of the steeple culture already. We just get to add the entrepreneurial 1099 aspect to it that takes it up a notch for people that want to run their own business. One of the things that I have always admired about Ron as an industry leader is his advocacy for financial advisors. He always seems to be on the forefront of speaking up for the financial advisor with just the DOL stuff and all that. You can name a bunch of different things. He's pretty outspoken, but I've always admired that from him. So that's why we do business with you all. So Frank, you're a straight shooter. Alex is from Brooklyn. I'm from Chicago. You talked about Ron. It's just a bunch of straight, genuine guys. Like We're like, this is how we do business and you're going to straight talk from us. And that is refreshing. It's unfortunate that it's uncommon now. It shouldn't be uncommon. I know. So the fact that it's normal for us makes us feel like, I don't think we're doing this but I, know. It's, it's I always think that you're a good friend and a good person if you speak the truth to people. Just be transparent. It's real simple. They may not like the answer, but at least it's the truth. They know the answer like, and they can work with that. So speaking of transparent, we're getting a little bit long and I appreciate all the time that you're giving us. Do you envision you attracting, I know we've been talking about wirehouse guys and retail guys. Do you envision attracting an LPL team or another existing independent team to your platform? We've never actually talked about that before. I'll take that and I'll let Tim, he's a far better marketer than I am, answer the last one. So the answer is yes. What's interesting is when Tim and I first built our business plan, we were thinking we're going, we're, it's going to be great for us to attract wirehouse advisors into the independent model. I mean, it's just a great uptick. And we have that offering and it's a fantastic offering. That's what we've been doing for more than 10 years. Here's something interesting, Frank. You talk about pivoting and calling an audible. What we have found is there are a number of independent firms, our prior firm, Finet, Ameriprise, LPL, Ray J, that are calling us to say, hey, we'd like to come over. And so Actually, of the firms that were the practices we brought over, 90% of these practices so far are independent already, which is wow. very, very strange. Now, it could, in fact, just be an anomaly. Maybe it's just a first thought out the gate. But one of the things I think that we could be attracting is the fact that people really respect the steeple name, the research, investment bank, all the things that we bring to bear. And that's why, believe it or not, they are attracting us. And so we still are grabbing the White House advisors, but these others are not going to want to go as well. I have a theory about that. We're not going to get into it on this call. And if someone wants to get into it, we can talk later. But I think that you guys did something else that's very creative. It's the old adage, keep it simple, stupid. You guys set up an economic model that's really simple. 
you get a payout and there's a technology fee and maybe a marketing fee and there's pretty much that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's really simple. <laughs> I think too many companies have overcomplicated the business. And I think you guys did a great job there. And I would argue that that's probably one of the reasons why, aside from culture, which is phenomenal, but I think that for a business owner, simplicity, understanding the economics and being transparent on like, hey, here's your number and there's nothing else underneath there is really, really important. So that's my theory. So Tim, the last question, I'm a $5 million Merrill Lynch team. Why should I affiliate with Stiefel? Don't be humble. No, I won't be humble. There's a couple of things there. The one thing that we found is if you're doing 5 million, you're doing 2 million, you're doing 10 million. Most firms think you've made it. Good job. Congratulations. And they recruit you and they go to the next team. And in reality, no matter where you are, if you got to that level, it's because you're competitive and you like growing and you want to help people. You aren't satisfied. You want more. So the $5 million team wants to be a $20 million team. And the other firms don't know how to do it. They just bring you over and that's it. So what we created here is a model that is, again, bespoke. If you want to work with Alex, you want to know the CEO's personal cell phone number. You're going to know that in the first meeting you meet him. You're going to know the whole executive team. And we're going to consistently work with each of our practices to help them grow their business the way they want to. And so if you want to be, if you are at 5 million now, you want to be 20 million, no other firm is going to specifically help you figure that out. And so as we're bringing in these large teams, we're having them talk to each other. We're building best practices and we're designing models around how do each of them find ways to grow together and how do we have, have them each have their own specific plan. So it's a very bespoke custom approach. And then again, the best way to do it is probably recruiting and buying books of business. And we're excellent at that. I think they're the best we've seen and been around. So if you're at Merrill Lynch, or even if you're at LPL, are you really getting attention from your firm to help you grow your business organically and inorganically? And I'd argue, unless you're a huge OSJ at one of our counterparts, you're not getting that attention from a recruiting and business purchasing standpoint. You'd have to be part of one of those groups. Here, we don't have that. We're treating everybody individually. So we're going to create these 50, 100, 150 practices and help them build it. So it's very, very custom and bespoke. And to what you said earlier, if you're talking about the simplicity of out. Everything comes back to how do the best advisors do with their clients? I charge you 1% advisory fee. That's it. So if it's that simple for them, why can't we be that simple? If it's easy for them to tell their client, I know there's a lot of paperwork, but my team will help you handle it. Why can't we do that? So if we can just clear the path, make things easy for them to run their business, then they can just go out and grow organically. We can help them grow inorganically. That 5 million can be 20 million and they can have fun the whole time doing it. We actually enjoy this. Alex and I, this is our hobby. We don't have any kids. We're married. We, like This is all we do. We just have our spouses and we do this. And so we have a ball doing it and we want to be around other advisors that are having fun and wanting to grow. And I will say, if you're out there as an advisor and you said, hey, I'm doing 2 million, I don't really want to grow. You probably don't want to come here. In all honesty, I don't care how big you are. We're going to have fun growing this. There's a lot of great firms. Finance is a wonderful firm. They really are. And there's a place for them. Maybe you go there and you just get a big transition check and that's what you do. But here it's about growth, man. We're going to work with you and we're going to have a ball taking your business to whatever level you want. Awesome. If you're on that advisor and you're looking to grow, how do they get in contact with you? Do you guys have a website set up? Can they email you? To give me some contact information that my listeners can write down. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You can look at stiefelindependence.com. My phone number is on that website. So if you call the number that's there, you're getting me directly. I have a full recruiting team that'll come out and see you, talk to you on the phone. I'll talk to you. Alex will talk to you. I'm getting on a plane in an hour to go see somebody. I mean, we're just out doing what we love, which is go talk to financial advisors as much as we possibly can. 
So I'd say hit that website, give us a phone call. My email's on there too. I'd be happy to talk to you. Okay, awesome. And you can also email me if you're listeners at frank at eliteconsultingpartners.com. You can also give me a buzz, 856-316-4651. You can DM us at franklarosa.elite on Instagram and LinkedIn and all those places. I really appreciate this. was awesome. Just real quick, Frank, hang on, man. I want to, so if you're an advisor out there, call Frank's group. They're actual consultants and coaches. There's a lot of recruiting firms that are just going to just throw your name to a couple other firms, which is fine. You get introduced, but Frank's really going to consult you and coach you to say, hey, what do you want? And you may find when you talk to Frank that he doesn't introduce you to us. And you'll say, hey, I heard this podcast with Tim and Alex. Why aren't you sending me to Steeple? That's when you know he's doing his job because he's saying, hey, I don't think you're a fit for them. And that's good for all of us, for you included. So absolutely go through Frank, have him introduce you to us if he thinks it's a fit. He'll save you some time. We have a lot of respect for you and your firm. We appreciate the partnership. Thank you very much. We appreciate the partnership. We're really excited about it. We're really excited because we're going to help a lot of advisors. And that's what we're most excited about. So guys, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Went a little bit low. So 42 minutes. (laughs) It's now officially my longest podcast. So congratulations, but it was great content. I really appreciate it. I think my audience really appreciated it. So Alex and Tim, thank you very much for being on the show. Thanks a lot, Frank. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, Frank. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.